0: Hey everybody, you know what's really cool about doing a podcast when you're 35 minutes into it and you realize that 20 minutes ago your audio wasn't working? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's exactly what I just dealt with. But hey, I still have a voice left, so let's get rolling. Everybody, you love hunting and fishing? Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Justin Geige, and this is Chase Outdoors, the podcast. It is middle of February, Valentine's Day season. Love is in the air. It's super, super exciting, uh, except for the fact that uh, deer season's over and summer fishing is uh, not here yet. Um... But here we are. We're going to persevere and moving through so much going on here in Chase Outdoors land right now. Uh, the last uh, month and a half here, we've been working super, super hard uh, coming off of Christmas season and doing this really nice remodel. We really expanded uh, our gun department. We did some cool decorating stuff in the store. We've been working really hard going to the shows and seeing the new products and it's starting to get that stuff in and kind of creating what our store is going to look Uh, like for the next year and that's been so much fun we've really put a a new emphasis into uh, adding more premium goods to the store we've brought some really nice high-end uh pistols in uh, like cz custom and gold tiger stripe plated desert eagles uh and uh For those of you conservative types, we've got some really, really cool uh, custom uh, Donald Trump uh, handguns. You'll see some of those on our Instagram and Facebook page that are uh, really, really cool. And they're going like absolute wildfire. And obviously politics is a huge... Uh, thing right now. We will only touch on those a little bit, I promise. But the uh, store is really starting to come together. We are almost done with our remodel. I'm really excited about the introduction uh, of Swarovski. There's some cool new products like Pepper Ball, which is basically like this two pound maglite, uh, maglite slash um, weapon of mass destruction that shoots up to five paintballs full of uh, pepper spray powder that's laser guided. Absolutely awesome really excited to see something that to me i i think of like my wife if she wants to take the dog for a walk um and uh in in this country here where we have uh wolves bears and um and meth heads uh it's a great idea to have something uh, a tool like this a non-lethal that uh people who maybe aren't firearms people are uh really comfortable carrying it's totally uh practical from the standpoint of being a 350 lumen flashlight but on top of that uh it, it'll crush you so that that thing's really cool um i encourage you to uh go and check out our facebook page i'm going to have uh the demo video i did at the show for that um back uh back in the beginning of january so other than that most of the new compound bows are in and we've talked about those a little bit tax return season's coming around so there's a lot of guys starting to uh think about uh, compound bows and getting those ready for upcoming hunts and that's such a cool exciting time uh for me i don't know if we talked about it we're looking at doing uh wyoming for mule deer in october and uh hoping to draw for montana for uh deer hunt uh in november uh with some of the guys from the store and uh my buddy brian that i've done my other hunts with so that's really exciting and uh, a lot of other things we do so many different conservation banquets I know white tails and bear and turkey deer Uh, A lot of raffles, fundraisers for uh, people with health uh, issues or complications. And then also too, so much of like the law enforcement agencies, fire departments, all their annual fundraising banquets going on. So just really, really glad that my passion for hunting and fishing and, and being in business as an entrepreneur is able to be a platform to help be involved in these things. And if you're from the Wausau area, one of the events that we just recently did that was super, super cool uh, was uh, Trout Unlimited hosted a film festival uh, here at the uh, University of Wisconsin Extension uh, in Wausau, and I, honestly, I don't know. I think this is the first year that TU's done a film festival. Um, it was a smash hit. It was absolutely marvelous. I have, on the hunting side, loved the film festival that Badlands puts out. Those are super cool. Those are up on YouTube. And I suspect this TU one will be up. Um, but trout fishing here in north-central Wisconsin is is certainly a thing. I mean, the prairie is... Uh, Pretty historical fishery. Uh, the plover is really good. There's tons and tons and tons of little brook uh, trout streams throughout the state. But fly fishing doesn't have the type of participation here that it does in western states and the Rockies, and probably because of the huge diversity that we have. But there are a ton of options here in Wisconsin. Obviously, the, the pike and the muskies, uh, smallmouth bass in the rivers, which I guide a lot for. Um, but trout here, and then also the steelhead run over in the Eastern part of the state. So it was cool to be a part of that. Um, we were involved from the sponsorship standpoint. Um, but that was absolutely marvelous. So I, wherever you're listening from, it's probably worth going and looking at the calendar. I know they're going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, soon. And I would anticipate they're running this, you know, all over the country where they have strong chapters, but really marvelously done. And that's the one cool thing about cabin fever time of the year there's always something going on to keep our minds off the fact that we're actually not doing the things that we love and i know there's guys listening that are like ah what about predator hunting and what about ice fishing those things are awesome i love doing those things but ice fishing here this year has been such a grind as far as travel goes um I honestly uh, haven't been doing it at all uh, and largely in part just because for me just strictly having an ATV I don't have tracks I don't have chains my ATV isn't a thousand CC it's a you know uh, it's a 400 uh, you can't get those many places in the northwoods we're dealing with this combination of snow ice slush water ice again you know three inches five inches who knows um, Travel conditions are are really, really terrible, and uh, I've got some friends that are running big quads with tracks on them and getting to places that nobody else can get to that they normally can, and they're doing fantastic, and that's great. But one of the things, because just foot travel is so difficult, is like if they're fishing crappies and putting tip downs out, they're putting them like 20 feet apart max because it's so difficult uh, to go and walk through that slush. So for me, it's been really focused and driving on our remodel and events and fundraisers, raffles, conservation banquets, uh, and then uh, and then also speaking engagements. Um, I've done a tremendous amount of speaking engagements across the Midwest. I've spoken at places like Butler University and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Show probably, I don't know, I, dozens and dozens. I I maybe even. Uh, not hundreds, but we're getting pretty close uh, to seminars that I've given on a variety of topics. And one of those has been, uh, I've done a lot of muskie fishing seminars over the years. And um, I'm doing one coming up here for Bill's Muskie Club here in Wasa. Um, I believe that's next Monday at uh, Dale's Weston Lanes. Uh, but I was asked to do uh, a speech at a, at a church locally that was doing a wild game feed. If you've never been to a wild game feed, those are really cool. And, and I've done a few of them now. But you know they bring in a bunch of different dishes and wild games, and in this particular case, it was free to the public. All this food, um, they were doing some cool uh, booths or demonstrations, things for kids, and uh, and then they uh, invited me to speak. And Saint John's here in Wasa has been doing this wild game feed for for several years, and I was honored to be uh, the guest speaker this year because they've had some. Much more impressive individuals than me there. Um, but uh, it's a big deal because I was asked uh, an entire year in advance if I was interested in doing this and I was and I was grateful to you. and I'll be honest with you, like even though I do so much public speaking, doing so locally is always a challenge because there's always people in the crowd that either know you or have heard about you or you know have, you know, some type of you know, preconceived notion of who you are. And it, it just, I put added pressure on myself. Um, I, I get crazy nervous for, for as much as I do it, I still get butterflies in my stomach like mad. And I've been speaking publicly for over 20 years now. Um, but one of the things too, that I think gets me more nervous now than, than had in the past is that I'm really speaking out on my faith now over the last five years or so where before it was just strictly, you know, hunting and fishing. And quite honestly, if I gave a fishing tip and that guy didn't catch a fish on it, it's like, so what, you know, but, uh, when you're talking about something that's important to me, like people's relationship with God, it's, it's something that's really serious and I, and I take it seriously. Um, but I'm so grateful because having that passion of hunting or fishing as a foundational footprint to connect with people, to have this discussion is always really, really cool. And uh, the thing that was placed on my heart to speak about was really encouraging people and participation. And uh, what, my, what my seminar was about was just helping people not put the fear or limitations on their self to go do the things that they love. Now speaking specifically about going out west because I get so many people that come into the store, and if I bring up, hey, you got any trips planned out west this year or anything like that, any out-of-state hunts, a lot of times I get that, ah, I'd really like to. And there are a lot of places and a lot of things that people can do that they don't realize, whether it's, it's not as far to drive as you think, or there's more public land than you think, or the cost is lower, or just the confidence of, hey, if you go, go you know, go to this place, you'll not necessarily kill one, but you'll have a really good time and you'll be involved in animals. Um, you know, our archery hunt in South Dakota is a prime example of that. South Dakota is an incredible state with, with affordable non-resident tags. And, uh, there's a ton of, you know, opportunities in different environments where you've got mule deer and whitetail and, and, um, you know, archery public land, DIY is is difficult anywhere I don't care what species you're hunting or where you're going it's it's a challenge so you have to expect that but uh there's other great states you know that make it really easy on folks to go out and participate Nebraska is one of those um and sadly part of what I'm talking about today part of my stump which I'll get to in a bit is just how that's getting increasingly more rare um but back to my seminar, it was, it was, um, I had showcased individuals who were having success. My buddy Kevin Turkey with a five by five mule deer. Uh, and Kevin, uh, in an accident from a few years ago became paralyzed from the chest down. And then, uh, Sydney Smith. And if, and if you don't know who Sydney is and you're on Instagram, you need to go follow the guy. It, it's, it's try no feet or try no legs. Um, He's an awesome follow, and I think he's buddy. Butt- you know, he's buddies with Cameron Haynes, and uh, that's kind of how I got to follow him. And what an incredible story and inspirational guy he is. Uh, legs amputated from the knees down, doesn't stop the guy. He's still packing elk out of the mountains. He's still uh, doing Iron Man and things that people, you know, with legs just come up with excuses like myself. As to why we don't do those things, and I've gotten to, you know, have a number of conversations with him now, and uh, I'm super inspired by him. So, go check him out. Uh, he's he's a cool dude. But um, you know, the whole point or the premise of showcasing those is like so often we we don't go participate out of fear. So I kind of broke down how I pick states out and how I pick hunts out and just the process I go through this year. Like I said. Uh, October, Wyoming mule deer, November, Montana. If we're lucky, if not, we might go and uh, and go do out of state somewhere else. Maybe it's in Nebraska for, uh, or a Missouri or something like that. But you know, the important thing is just to participate. And and then the other side of me trying to encourage people who don't go is encourage people who, if you do go and you know what you're doing, to 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 stop in. Think of an opportunity to introduce somebody new to it or take somebody that's never been out there. Like if you're equipped with that knowledge and you're blessed to be in a position to have that, like you've got to share it. It's such a huge part of of growing our sport is participation, time in the woods, getting people involved. And uh, that has really poured over into like everything that I've been wrapped around over the last couple weeks. You know, and I applied that to your faith, too. Like, if you're one of those guys who you're like, I'm not sure if I know how this God thing or this Bible thing works out. Like, encouraging people that, hey, go get yourself educated and go ask. And if you're one of those people who's, who's maybe been in the church or been in the Word for several decades, like, if you find so much joy and pleasure out of that, like we gotta stop robbing other people and 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 sharing that with them. So, it was a really fun event. They did it really well. I've done a couple of these now. They do a really cool one up in Ogama, who has this year as David Blanton. I'm gonna be out of state, um, which I'm, I'm super bummed. I can't go up and see him because he's marvelous. Um, i'll be down in reno nevada at the national archery buyers association which is a dealer show for archery buyers and in first some of the other shows i do there's a lot of western influence in that so it generally means i'm going to bring something back to the Wassa area that people people that love to hunt uh haven't seen in this area so i'm always excited about that excuse me for a quick drink break <sighs> okay so back to how I was saying, how that relates to some of the stuff that's been going on. That's really been, I guess the tone for me is politically right now, we're a dumpster fire. Like things are just, it's stupid. It's so stupid. On every front, everything that's going now is completely idiotic. And I just read an article that was really talking about how we as Americans are increasingly higher anxiety, more depression, all this stuff going on. And I'm not saying that I don't understand it, but what it comes down to is just how we're getting kind of removed from what you know humans are designed to be doing. We're how we're designed to be functional. We've been given this physical body that's capable of doing a lot of physical activities and how by not using our muscles were using that energy, basically just wandering around in our minds and our trying to find our place in this earth was what this article was about, which I thought was really good. And, uh, and you know, it just talked about how we're designed to be in small communities and how open we are in the world through social media and where all of this angst is coming from. And the one thing I hear all the time is how... You know, the, we're going, life's going to hell in a handbasket or we're, we're circling down the drain and stuff like that. And I just think to myself, we are a giant population of complainers. And what we need to do is we need to turn ourselves into a giant population of doers. And it goes back to the seminar I was talking about. But really participation in mentorship is going to solve so many different things. Like if you want to find joy in your life. Then find it in serving other people. And one of the things that I've been doing here with my, my cabin fever time of year is just just something what I deem is very simple. And that's participating as a mentor or a leader within like an organization like Cub Scouts. Um, the, using my experience and background to, to work with these young kids to get them involved in activities surrounding around fishing or shooting or hiking or the outdoors in any way has been really rewarding. And I basically got roped into it because we didn't have anybody for my kid's age group and he showed interest in it. And it's been filled with joy. And what I found now is I'm working with other Cub Scout groups in the area, predominantly uh, talking to the 10 and 11-year-old groups about fishing, teaching them casting opportunities and flipping and stuff. I I know so many dozens and hundreds of, of you guys who are really talented anglers, like super talented. But my challenge or my charge is if we really want to enjoy fishing, we've got to do it by mentorship rather than how many followers I have on Instagram. How good can you make a kid look than you can make yourself look? And, and I think that that's... We all go through that part, but you know, as much as I hate to say it, and I got these cool new trendy black room glasses to try to make myself look younger, but uh, I have an increasingly um, receding hairline and uh, head full of gray hair. So I'm struggling with that one, but I'm really enjoying this mentorship piece. And a big part of it is being a father and watching my son Chase, you know, who the store and the company's named after. You know, watching him kill these deer last year and catch a forty-inch muskie and a twenty-three-inch walleye and all these big bass, like as a seven-year-old, I mean, you know, it's off the charts what he's been able to accomplish through mentorship, and it's been a real joy. It really has. But to take it out to the kids that don't have that opportunity, I, I think is really, really pivotal, and not just for the kids themselves, but the impact it has on the industry. You know, hunting alone is a thirty-two billion-dollar industry, and in within that. $32 billion, every uh, hunting-related or fishing-related product manufacturer has to pay this tax that no other industry has to pay. You know, for us, when I, owned, when I was co-owned Tyrant, was 10%. And within that money, that Pittman and Robertson tax money, that went towards conservation, national parks, offshore, all these different projects that make our country better. And uh, it pains me to see so many of you guys, not just because I'm in retail, and in, in take that part of it out of it. The only equation that that does is educate me on it. But when I see guys buying these fishing lures from China that are knocked off of American innovation because they're half the price and realize we're cheating ourselves because of that money that's going to conservation. Um, I had a guy come in and bring in a Chinese uh, Rage Broadhead knockoff and brag about it. That's nothing to brag about because if it wasn't for that American innovation, you know, we're taking that money away. Or like people who look at, you know, this bow press and say, well, I can make that. You know, well, that's true that you can, but, but you didn't design it. And there's a value behind that. And not only are we, we raping the individuals who have created these products, but now we find out that we're raping the resource by not participating in buying these American goods. Even if they are made overseas, but buying them from American companies so that that tax money goes to conservation, it's just this huge dumpster fire that falls right in the line with what's going on in politics in the rest of the world, and it's troubling for me. You know, we have to change this culture, and I might completely disagree with somebody about their position for change, but I'll never be, you know, mad at somebody for wanting to be. S- the spearhead of change, as long as they're doing it with the right intentions in mind. And that brings me to the next thing that's really challenging right now, and that's this discussion about changing the uh, the deer season rules and regulations in Wisconsin. Again, I think it's somebody that's trying to help find balance and improvement and stuff, but I think it's a travesty as a whole. And it's, it's not a negative or a knock on the individual or individuals who are trying to do this, but... I think what we've run into is a society that overreacts and acts too quickly on how we go about addressing certain things. Our deer kill was down, and it was down for very obvious reasons. One, the deer season, rifle season was which much later on the calendar, which put, put us further away from the rut. Two, the weather wasn't very good. Now, the other thing that comes up is that more big bucks were killed with crossbows, and that kept bucks from getting killed during rifle season my point is who cares like honestly if a hunter is successful with equipment who cares what equipment he used to be successful with it? especially when we're talking about crossbows because I think crossbows as much as I disdain them from the negative impact they have on compound archery from the positive side of it is I look at my grandfather at 80 years old and say he would rather hunt with a crossbow than he would with a rifle because the season's earlier in the year in warmer temperatures with less pressure and more daytime activity with the animals. So I don't know why we want to reduce the opportunities for people to hunt with a crossbow and expand the opportunities for people to hunt with a rifle season if the people who are hunting are doing both and they're just choosing to hunt with the crossbow and they're finding satisfaction. I feel like we're kind of robbing those individuals of doing something that they deem is what's best for them. And I don't think it's good for the sport. Um, The other thing is too, is taking our gun season to 19 days essentially eliminates our muzzleloader season. And I hear repetitively in the store all the time, I like muzzleloader season way better than I like rifle season because there's less people in the woods. The deer are acting more naturally. It's just a more enjoyable time, and I enjoy the equipment. And I feel like when we go and try to rush to make all these changes, we're not stopping and actually listening to the people who are mentoring and getting new people into the sport or or truly participating. You know, I would say it's safe to say the majority of the customers – that come into my store that are younger than me actually hate the gun season. Like they disdain it. And the functionality of it is just because the management part of it, as far as from a QDMA standpoint, gets thrown right out the window when the guns come out. So these people who are avid bow hunters, avid archers, are finding levels of frustration by the fact that What their game management practices are during September, October, and the first part of November are being thrown out the window. Now, I'm an advocate for all participation in whatever the individual does to make them happy. What I'm questioning is, is what we're truly doing in making these changes, does it have a positive net result? And for me, the answer on it is no. I would like to see things stay the same. The only thing that I think is really a strong um, argument for consideration is if we were to take our nine-day deer deer season and put a set calendar day rather than um, going to the first Saturday you know, before Thanksgiving, if we went to, say, every year we started on November 15th, I think we can do a better job of landing our, our opening day of gun season on the latter half of the rut without being completely eliminated from that rut half of the time we have a season, which I think would stop a lot of this um, hit the panic button on the harvest. I think we would see more consistency in our rifle harvest, harvest, which would really calm a lot of people down. It does take out, and I agree, it does take out some of the participation as related to the Thanksgiving season and people coming home for that holiday. I will say this though, everybody knows it, the overwhelming majority of the rifle season participation is not the first weekend. It's the first day and a half of gun season, because on Sunday by midday most people are discouraged, and the Packers are on, so they bail on that. So maybe we look at something where we we still incorporate Thanksgiving into it, and maybe what we do is we take it from the fifteenth every year until maybe the Friday after Thanksgiving or or whatever. And I'm not saying that my opinion is right on it, but. It just comes back to if we truly care about you know, what's best for the sport, let's look at the biology, let's look at the statistics, and let's get to know the people that are out there participating before we make these RAS decisions. One thing that I heard that really kind of frustrated me was the fact that there was talk about the U season. And for me, if you want to tamper with that in a negative way, then that's the fastest way to get on my bad side because that is the most important season that we have. And honestly, I would like to see us take our youth season out to a full week because if the weather's bad on that Saturday and Sunday, you know, we're just eliminating the opportunity for the kids to go have a really positive experience with a rifle. I'm a huge advocate of it. And if we're really trying to talk about we're losing hunter numbers, what do we do? I think expanding our youth opportunities is the way that we really do that. So between that And I'm not going to sit too much because I just saw that they changed it. But man, was I frustrated to see what Wyoming was proposing to do to the non-resident deer tags, where they were talking about taking them up to this astronomical number. We're already seeing states like Colorado, Montana, and Iowa just basically say, hey, if you're not rich, you can't come here. And when we start looking at what it costs to obtain a moose tag for a non-resident at $150 for your preference, point over 25 years, By the time that we get to it, that moose tag is going to be $5,000. It's just heartbreaking that we're losing opportunities and we're making it a sport that's almost too much for somebody to afford. I mean, literally at this point, I was considering getting into a Wyoming Bighorn uh, preference point at $150. It's going to take me 20, 25 years to get that tag. Now, by the time I get to that spot, I'm going to probably have $10,000 into preference points just to get the tag. And at today's price of $30,000 for that hunt, I can't imagine what that's going to look like in 25 years. So I really am, am discouraged by the fact that our states aren't structuring these seasons to really make it feasible for the average working Joe anymore to participate in some of these dream hunts. And I'm a bit concerned. So it I don't know what this looks like. Um, and actually, I'm excited to go to NABA and talk to some of the guys that, that really, truly live out in that neck of the woods and get their point of views. But at the end of the day, we're talking about you know states that do a bad job. One thing I want to do is take my hats off to Wisconsin because they've made it affordable for non-residents. And I really do think that's a good thing for everybody. Hey, at the end of the day, the important thing, and this is my stump for the day. Mentorship is absolutely key one. We cannot sit back and complain about losing hunter numbers if we're not the source of the solution. So we need to stop the infighting. We need to be able to have conversations about conversation and season structure, make sure we're doing everything we can to get kids and new adults into the woods too. You know what's really great? In a couple months, we've got the turkey season coming and it's the perfect opportunity to do that we're going to talk about turkey hunting in the next couple weeks hey justin geike with chase outdoors the podcast as always good luck on the water good luck in the woods and god bless thanks for joining me guys